Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Eager, and with me, the the better who is on a hot streak on NFL props, Ben Brown. I think you're what 10 and 0 in your last 10 written picks. Um, you know, you're also uh, doing really well with derivatives in the NFL and college football. And uh, yeah, man. And and as somebody who bets with you, uh, we we felt the uh, I, I felt the 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 pull uh, of all those great plays. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I think like the thing that kind of spurred us on was finally getting paid out from some of those Biden bets, and I think we kind of just you know rode the momentum into some winning weekends here. So it was, it's been pretty fun. I think, you know, NFL game totals, spreads in general are getting kind of efficient at this point in time. So I definitely think it's a spot where people should probably be looking to some ulterior markets, you know, player props, derivatives. There's all sorts of options at this point in time. So uh, definitely maybe if you haven't bet some of those previously, it might be a spot you can get a little bit more out of your comfort zone, you know, as we head into the final, you know, final weeks of the NFL season and, you know, wrapping up college football season here with some bowl games. So, um, that's kind of my recommendation at this point in time as we head into the 2021 new year maybe uh, have a new year's resolution try out some different forms of betting that you haven't necessarily uh, entered in as far as markets go I love the way you think yeah we had um, I, I on a whim took a little bit of Jets plus 199 to win at least one of the remaining games I, somebody tried to talk me out I think it was Andy Molitor tried to talk me out of it saying Oh, the price will be even better once they lose to the Jets and or, or sorry, once they lose to the Rams. And of course, they beat the Rams and and then I took that money and and sort of rolled it over uh, onto the Browns on Sunday Night Football and and we know how that ended up working out. Um, it, it it's an interesting week in 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 the NFL. I mean, right now we have kind of two teams in the NFC battling for a playoff spot: Arizona minus two. 215 220 um and then the chicago bears plus that in that 190 180 range um and then of course you have you know the possibility now that the afc north uh is in place Steelers about minus 350 cleveland plus 280 or so and then the tennessee titans minus 150 playing green bay on sunday night football needing a win or a indianapolis loss against pittsburgh to really uh, you know, have a command there. We've 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 loaded up a little bit on Titans. Kind of makes me want to take the Colts, frankly, right. a little bit at plus one twelve or so to kind of hedge those things off. But nonetheless, uh, Washington football team minus two seventy eight to win the NFC uh, East. Uh, feeling you know, good. A path, feeling good at this point, right? I path mean... for all those teams to make it, but obviously, um, you know, some some interesting markets there. Um, speaking of interesting markets, we bet over on Nevada. That one snuck by a little bit. We also had Nevada Moneyline. I came in and rolled it over on BYU, who knelt the ball down at the three-yard line to end the game uh, with about two minutes left uh, just now against UCF. So that was a rough one. Uh, But nonetheless, a positive day there uh, as well. So just a really – I think it's a lot of fun this week, next week. We have, you know, your your podcast is on Saturday morning, so we're only going to talk about the game sort of immediately upcoming here but it's so fun when you can get not only wednesday football not only thursday football friday football but football during the day uh and it starts tomorrow with louisiana tech uh at georgia southern georgia southern laying six and a half total on the game 48 and a half georgia uh Ben, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting spot. We are getting, you know, Miller Mosley at quarterback for Georgia Southern. Um, Obviously, there's quite a few questions regarding his capabilities at this point. I basically think he's their third string uh, quarterback. So that's kind of moved the line basically 
three i think it opened up at right now we're sitting at six and a half um you know i would probably lean towards louisiana tech still at this point in time i do think aaron allen you know at quarterback for louisiana tech is going to give you just a little bit more than what miller mostly will at this point in time so i don't know we are getting a couple backup quarterbacks uh in this matchup but you know it's our only real betting option here on wednesday so i do think the viable play if i was forced to make it at this point would be louisiana tech um, but we'll see what actually happens at this point in time. So yeah. I don't know. Are you, yeah, I just are you took feeling... a little lot tech plus six and a half. Plus also, six and a half. Yes. Yeah. So we got basically two. two backup quarterbacks. It's tough to judge, you know, what one uh, is really better at this point in time. Louisiana tech does have a little bit better of, you know, a PFF passing grade. So that's the side that I'm kind of uh, willing to lean with. I think they're basically separated by what, like 11 points in our ELO ranking. So uh, Louisiana Tech has the better offensive grade. So I'm kind of leaning towards that, especially if you're getting it up towards six and a half. Maybe we'll get a seven print here before uh, kickoff. Who knows at this point in time? So that's uh, my yeah. spot that I'm liking at this point. Yeah, only about 1.9 points different in ELO rankings. Georgia Southern can't pass the ball negative a fifth of an expected point when they pass they're more of an option team and i think when their quarterback is injured um we saw the drop off the last time they played uh you know from a starting quarterback athlete guy to less of an athlete guy um speaking of athletes um the memphis tigers going to well not going to but you know for atlantic owls here that's the night game tomorrow night uh wednesday nights and we have Memphis's eight and a half point favorites total in the game, 50 and a half. That seems really low for a Memphis game, but if you've watched any, you know, directional Florida schools this year, except for Central Florida, you, you'd know that the it's it's a little bit low on the scoring here, both defenses in the top fifty five in our rankings. Uh, ben, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I do think, you know, Nick Trani has been, you know, playing a lot better from a passing perspective for Florida Atlantic. So I don't mind uh, playing them as eight and a half point dogs. Of course, Brady White has, you know, previously performed pretty well from a Memphis, you know, the pep the Memphis passing attack uh, they've kind of you know underachieved basically our expectations this year I would say I did think that we kind of backed them in you know one or two early games to start the season they didn't necessarily perform and they were a team that we've kind of uh, faded ever since that point I think that's kind of been the general correct direction for Memphis at this point in time so I don't know I think they're kind of wrapping up a little bit of a disappointing season so I definitely like Florida Atlantic eight and a half points at this point in time um, I think they're probably the viable play and you know if you're getting a little bit more feisty on a Wednesday night uh, you you could look towards plus 265 on the money line as well as this spot where uh, Ben, you convinced me. You, you convinced me. me. Well, what one do you bit. prefer more? Plus eight and a half or plus 265 is the real question, right? Well, it's sort of like tonight's game, right? Like if you thought that UCF was a live dog, you probably should have just bet them on the money line because if the game got away, those points weren't going to matter so much. Total on the game was in the, you know, high 70s. This one's a little bit less so in the 50s, but bowl games are weird, right? So if I if I had to choose one, I'd take FAU on the money line here as the as the bet I like. Um, okay, Thursday, December 24th, right after. So this is we're not going to get any Christmas Eve football. I think the church industry, I think, is really happy about this. Um, you know, 3:30 game Eastern, we get the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, their first year. Um, you know, their first year without Rolovich here, uh, getting 11 on the, you know, against the Houston Cougars, total on the game, 59 and a half. Again, this would be, this is interesting in the sense that like a year ago, Houston, Hawaii, the total might have been like 80, but now we're dealing with 59 and a half. Um, we sort of like the under here. Um, 
What say you? Yeah, I don't hate it at this point. I do kind of lean towards that direction. I think we're seeing 82% of the cash on the under as well. I think the tickets basically have the exact opposite lean towards the over. So I think you're kind of getting, you know, on the side of at least what they would consider big betters uh, if you're leaning towards that 59.5 point under. My concern, Hawaii's uh, second to last in our defensive ranking opponent is just a defense ranking 129th out of 130 fbs teams so maybe if houston clayton toon gets a little bit more production efficiency on the opposite side of the football they could move the ball enough to get over 59 and a half points but i'm not liking it too much at this point this total has basically dropped five points since the open of 64 and a half so i think i'm kind of lean with the market direction um kind of side here with going under and kind of hope for a slow punt fest maybe we get a few kneel downs at the end like happened in this byu matchup tonight and uh hopefully we'll get under at this point in time but i think i'm kind of leaning more towards sweating out unders uh in the majority of bowl games as opposed to kind of expecting you know quite a bit of shootouts at this point in time well look if you're in if you're in a church service at you know that time of day you really you know you're hoping for poor poor football right yeah you're hoping you're hoping to just sort of leave it off, check it every quarter, make sure that the game's not getting away from you. You don't really want to sweat the under while you're in it, you know, while you're in that service here. Um, okay. This game is sort of, sort of competing, interestingly, with the Viking Saints. But Friday, December 25th, Christmas, we have Marshall against Buffalo. Buffalo just fresh off of losing last week as 14-point favorites uh, against Ball State in Detroit for the – uh, Mac title. The Thundering Herd, though, Conference US, like they, they just lost as five and a half point favorites um, at home to UAB, a team I think who was just stripped of their bowl game due to COVID. Um, four and a half, Jared Patterson looks like he's going to play. He yeah. was injured a little bit um, against uh, Ball State. Um, ben, I want to lay the points with Buffalo. I think this is a, I think this is a back the truck up and, and, you know, rebound spot here. Marshall stinks. Like when they played, when they played Rice, they were twenty-one and a half point favorites, and they were awful offensively. They got shut out, and then last week their quarterback didn't complete a pass until like the second half of the game, and you know, and even then they were all ugly. Um, Buffalo is not great, but yeah, they were caught off guard by Ball State. I think they're game here in this one. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think you know. Not like it actually matters, but Brendan Knox is not going to participate for Marshall. He's their starting running back at this point in time. Was pretty productive back, so I think maybe that's a little bit why we've seen the market move towards uh, Buffalo a little bit more. Maybe that could also be related to Jared Patterson potential questionable status probably looking more towards probable at this point in time so i don't know i do like four and a half uh i think we have a hat a heavy cash and take a percentage lean towards marshall i do think that's probably the incorrect uh side at this point in time uh the line movement has basically been all towards buffalo so that's the side that i kind of like at this point uh green line doesn't really have too much of an edge but i think uh we got to get some early college football action before we're backing up the truck for what the vikings here on friday night football yeah, let's just talk about that for a second because I know I know you guys are going to go over and obviously this is this this podcast has almost always been uh, college theme, but I got a couple to close NFL sort of topics. I love the Vikings play, and, and look, I'm the Vikings' biggest detractor, a hundred percent. I you know I'm public enemy number one in the Vikings, and I'm right, frankly. Okay, <laughs> um, but plus seven here just seems so. It's such a good price on the Vikings. New Orleans is a good football team. I think one of the best. And their defense is amazing. 
and they played a very good effort against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, on Sunday. And that's exactly why I kind of like the Vikings here because, look, Kirk Cousins is the king of games that don't matter. And this game doesn't matter for the Vikings. And the Saints are five days off of a game that mattered, not mattered a ton to them in the standings, but mattered a ton for them in the sort of like the stat. They they were up for that game. Breeze is still coming off a little bit of injury. No Michael Thomas. Um, I think the Saints will score a little bit, but I think the Vikings, Kirk Cousins have a great year. Two wide receivers who I think want to make a statement in Thielen and Jefferson. So give me the plus seven there. Yeah, I definitely like that as well. I'm wondering, do you think that's going to be a spot where the Vikings are leading in the fourth quarter and the Saints come back and end up winning by three points? Or do you think Kirk Cousins is going to kick down the back door, coming back from like 14 or 10 points down, get a late late garbage touchdown to cover the seven points? But what one is it going to be? At as somebody point? who had an alternative line on Kansas City minus six and a half, I, I hope turnabout's fair play. I, <laughs> I hope the, the, the Vikings come through the back door on – the Saints cut it to like six or something. Maybe even do that. I don't think they'll do the it. 14, they they would never do the 14, eight, point the 14 goals. down, you know, eight down 14 type of situation. But look, they're, they're a team, you know, th- again, short rest, I think is going to affect the Saints a little bit more because they're an older football team. The Vikings are a younger team um, kind of, you know, and, and granted, again, they're out of it mo- more or less out of it. But I, I do think you're going to get a good effort because Kirk Cousins, likes to sort of win fake trophies. And I think winning on Christmas would be a fake trophy uh, to put in, in his trophy case and to frankly put in the Vikings trophy case, right. which is replete with fake ones. Yeah, um, exactly. I think that I think we're going to get a strong effort for that reason alone. In fact, that basically Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily playing for his job, but maybe Mike Zimmer could potentially be on the way out if they completely fall off the radar here at, uh, at the yeah. end of 2020. Who knows for sure at this point? But I do think well, we're we going to get a, a strong performance. And we saw a really like acute reason why – Kirk Cousins might be playing for his job. You know, even though he's played terrifically tonight, we saw, you know, Zach Wilson had a great game. Um, I wrote a little bit about him and how, you know, the numbers, especially after this season, suggest he's probably neck and neck or maybe even pulling ahead of Justin Fields for that number two quarterback spot. There's a number of teams that could use Zach Wilson. And I think for the good of Wilson, I wrote about this in the piece, teams like Indy, teams like Minnesota, teams like, uh, the 49ers teams that have you know sort of cushy offenses for quarterbacks might be the first ones in line to think about trading for him um, you know the Vikings don't have as good of a situation necessarily as San Francisco or Indy um, but they could very much be in that that those uh, you know that um, a raffle there right. and you know he's again th- this draft has a ton of quarterbacks that might be able to make an impact right away and it, look, if the Vikings are not satisfied with Kirk, if if Spielman and or Zimmer feel the need to shake things up or the Vikings shake things up and hire a new GM or a coach, Wilson or Fields or Lance, uh, Matt, or Jones, Matt Jones, Kyle Trask, any one of those guys, Mac Jones, the most valuable player in college football could be an option for Minnesota. Yeah, I definitely like that as well. I think basically if you aren't completely set and locked in with a young quarterback, this is the draft where you should be looking at players. I definitely think even like Jalen Hurts hasn't necessarily looked great, but I do think it's going to be on the forefront of people's minds uh, next year, you know, this coming draft, basically, especially that you kind of got to get a guy, even if it's in the mid to late first round, we saw it with the Packers as well, but it's a great 
um, policy to have where you're kind of developing that younger quarterback, even if you have a veteran here. And I do think that the, the Vikings shouldn't necessarily be set at the quarterback position with Kirk Cousins here coming up, even though they've kind of committed to him uh, financially. Maybe they can still, you know, wiggle around, get some other options at this point in time. So I do think that almost all quarter, almost all teams should be uh, in the market for at least evaluating the quarterback prospects that we have coming up in the NFL draft because I do think it's going to be one of the deepest uh, and most talented uh, units that we have in quite some time at this point. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see the draft process play out. Are you locking in Zach Wilson uh, plus money second overall pick at this point in time or not, Eric? I think you got to think about it. Um, one thing I did notice, so again, just to, so you, you talk about betting markets. Devontae Smith is now the Heisman Trophy run, uh, Heisman Trophy favorite. Favorite. Wow. I did minus not... two minus two ninety four. We have Mac Jones at minus one oh four. Uh and Lawrence plus four seventy eight. Lawrence is gonna go an entire career without winning a Heisman, it looks like. Right. Um we also have Kyle Trask. Um Wow, Kyle Trask a really high price now after losing that game. Interesting. I is yeah, Smith is probably not worth the minus two ninety four at this point. Is Jones worth the even money bet? Yeah, I mean, I basically think that's probably priced based on the fact that they think those two are basically going to siphon off some votes from each other or something like that. It kind of seems like it's basically the mentality at this point. Um, but I think, yeah, I would probably lean towards Mac Jones as opposed to Pacha Smith. I do think the narrative that, you know, Mac Jones is only as good be- as he is because of Devonta Smith might be a little overstated. Of course, Devonta Smith may be the best wide receiver prospect we've seen in quite some time, but I don't think that's necessarily a knock on Mac Jones at this point. It wasn't for Tua last year or any of the other guys that Joe Burrow basically dealt with as well. So um, I would kind of lean towards Mac Jones if you're getting that plus money price at this point. I think most voters are going to lean towards uh, the quarterback in that situation. Would, would you not agree with that? Yeah, I, although I think... You know, the voters are thinking to themselves, look, we picked a quarterback basically every year every since year, Derrick yeah. Henry. Maybe it's time to pick a wide receiver. Smith, um, you know, they dealt with the injury to Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, I think that there is this sort of bias against Mac Jones that he's maybe not as good. Um, you know, and so they're they're, they're going to pick like the, ne- the guy who might be the be- next best NFL player, which I do right. think Smith is maybe a favorite over Jones, even though Jones plays a more valuable position. But that, uh, all these things are, are fun to talk about, and Ben, we're going to talk about them throughout this time. This is the most wonderful time of the year, um, and and uh, I'm, I'm excited to get to spend, uh, you know, the next few days chatting football, watching football, betting football uh, with, with you and, and, and the others at PFF. So uh, for Eric Eager, or for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. Uh, this has been the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.